Another week of NBA basketball is back on CP for three. I'm joined here with Jack again. What's going on, Jack? You know, it's going good. Pretty. It was a kind of a not huge storyline week for the NBA, but um, certainly one of the bigger storylines that we both want to touch on is um, Kawhi sitting out Wednesday night against the Milwaukee Bucks against the reigning MVP Giannis. I mean, CP, what are your initial thoughts on that? My initial thoughts are that a lot of NBA players have that it's really hard to be in the NBA. It puts a lot of wear and tear on your body, but you can't miss these national televised games. What do you think about that, Jack? Yeah, like we all know, it's not—it's no secret that NBA ratings have not been have been going down recently, and especially last year. Last year, it was about January 2019. It was reported that TNT saw a 22% decline in their viewership, and ESPN saw a 5% decline. That's no secret, and w- one of the reasons last year that that was happening was because LeBron James had missed a bunch of games and ended up missing 27 games all of last year. And so the LeBron, the NBA is dependent on LeBron James. They need him to be playing, and he is playing this year. But, I mean, the NBA is losing out on some of the, their big stars this year with KD being out, with Clay being out. And if Kawhi is healthy and is just missing out on games that are nationally televised or he's not actually hurt, I mean, that, that's not good for the NBA as a whole. Well, I agree with you 100% that the NBA, the NBA is a star-driven league, and we just can't have guys who are not, not injured, not playing. But th- this is my initial thought. Kawhi Leonard's salary is around $37 million a year, and I'm... If he's healthy, he should be playing 82 games. I mean, obviously, if he misses one random game in March when they've clinched the playoff, that's fine. But a, a new rule for sake, if he's getting paid so much, he has to play. And if he wants to take out, new rule, you can't miss nationally televised games. Millions and millions of dollars are going into these games with TV uh, deals, tickets. People come to see you. They don't come to see your backup. They don't come to see Montrez Harrell. They don't come to see Doc Rivers' coach. They come to see Kawhi Leonard play. And I understand that it's hard, but you just can't miss these primetime games. Too much is at stake, no matter how healthy you want to be for the playoffs. Yeah, that is true. You get paid to play 82 games. You don't get paid to play as many games as you want to play and then just try in the playoffs like as much as teams don't like it the regular season is part of the national basketball association it is part of the league so you need to play during the regular season even though it might not matter as much you still need to play like it's not it's not it's never going to go away so in that in regular season games need to make money so these players still need to play in the regular season and try and try just as much as they would in the postseason Another thing I want to add out, the Clippers organization was fined $50,000 for commenting that Kawhi wasn't injured. Like, you just that makes the situation so much worse. You can't go to the media especially and say, Kawhi Leonard is not playing, he just chose to sit out. That just makes it even look even more bad on this NBA load demand idea. Now, you can't, the NBA as a whole can't afford this in such a um, star-loss league this year. And I know Adam Silver is a great commissioner, but the thing is, he's so pro-player that at some point, you got to step in. This can't be happening. Jack, do you agree with me on that one? Yeah, I do. Um, these players, they're almost having too much control. I mean, I think there needs to be a point where too many people are sitting out that Adam Silver takes a stance and says, okay, no, this cannot keep happening. And these $50,000 fines are not going to do anything. This is not. These are not anything for that team. Like the Clippers, that's like that's that's a nothing but a dent in their whole how much money they have. And it just shows that Kawhi Leonard decided to sit out against the Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning MVP Giannis. I mean, most players would die, would have that marked on their calendar against the reigning MVP to show how good they are against one of the best players in the league. But no, 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 Kawhi just decides to sit out for load management because he just didn't feel like playing. I agree with you. Why didn't he sit out the game before? 
Yeah, no, or the, it was it was the first night of a, of a back-to-back game. It was on ESPN. He could have sat out that night after against the Trailblazers, which would still be a good game. But it gets the it's not nationally televised. Yeah, exactly. The like, game before was on ESPN. He he there was there was no reason he should have missed that game when he could have missed the second night of the back-to-back. I feel like Kawhi Leonard's a smart guy, and he understands what Loach meant, like how to serve his body. But does he understand him what him not playing does? Because I feel like if he did, he would play. But I, I really don't know at this point. I'm not completely against it. I just don't think stars should miss national televised games. I think they, I think they should make that a rule. But I don't know how they can fully make like. There's no clear cut definition for that. I I really don't think Kawhi any player should do load management per se. But if Kawhi still decides to do that, and clearly he wants to, and if the NBA is unwilling to take action, he cannot do it during yeah. a nationally televised game. There are so many other instances where he could do it, or it's not nationally televised game that where it won't hurt the ratings as much. So I think if Kawhi continues to want to do this, there's other ways he can do it. Another thing I want to talk about, the NBA right now, and they're just, Adams is too pro-payer, and when you find the Clippers organization $50,000, he's trying to say, hey, you're not the boss of us. That's not going to do anything. I saw, according to ESPN, Steve Ballmer's net worth is $51.2 billion, and finding him $50,000 is like finding the average American less than one cent. Like, the, And the NBA looks at that as, we did something. You didn't do anything. If this is really an issue, then you have to step in for it. But right now, you are, choose, you are saying that Kawhi Leonard has all the power just because he can make us money. Just because... So that makes you a lot of money. Doesn't mean you can't reprimand him at certain times for certain actions. But I just knowing the Adam Silver, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, what this fine tells me is that the NBA isn't all for this load management, but they're not willing to go all in. It's like they're dipping their toe into the pond. Like they don't want to go all in. If they want to go all in, put out some suspensions and stuff on Kawhi. Then he won't. Then he won't um sit out these games. But these fines are irrelevant. They don't do anything. So the NBA has to pick a side. And right now they're kind of like in the middle, and that middle isn't gonna work for in the future because it would just become more controversial. Yeah, it, it's it's an issue that I don't think we'll ever get a perfect solution to because we do have to understand that the players are the players and the rules are the rules. And I think that I can honestly see in the next few years that there could be end up being a lockout over load management with a fight between the players' association, the owners, and the league. And I really hope that doesn't happen. So please. Get on this issue soon. Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting prediction, and I would not be surprised if that happened. Um, but moving on from that, another not NBA storyline particularly hap- happened this week, but it definitely relates to it. James Wiseman, um, freshman at the at Men- Memphis this year, he was ruled ineligible by the NCAA, and he that which means he would not be able to play any more games for Memphis. CP, what are your initial thoughts on this? This is. An exact result of the NCAA. These players should not be going to, to play college basketball. They should be going overseas. The full story was that Penny Hardaway assisted James Wiseman's family's move to Memphis, Tennessee. And let me let's lay down some facts. Penny Hardaway was James Wiseman's AAU coach before he took the job at Memphis. He was his high school coach before he took the job at Memphis. And before James Wiseman really moved to Memphis, Tennessee. And his family was having hardships time. And he just helped them move. To Memphis, he didn't. He wasn't constantly giving them money to say, "Oh, hey, I'm about to get this job. I want your son to come." He was helping his family move, and who knows? James Wiseman probably comes from a tough background and needs this financial support at the time. You can't deem a whole season um, off of off of one action that is that's just benefiting the players. I think that it just proves the NCAA is all for themselves. They'll protect everybody. They'll protect the refs. 
They love their refs, by the way. They protect the coaches. They'll protect the TV deals. Protect themselves. They'll never protect who's actually producing on the floor. And this just, it doesn't shock me, but it just, it, it's so like outstand, outlandish to me. The NCAA is willing to lose. They're trying to prove their point that, we, that we're the bosses, that they're, that they're, they're potentially losing money off of all of their strict rules. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking too. Like by them not allowing James Wiseman to play, he's one of the top freshmen in the country. They're gonna lose a lot of money by yeah. doing this. Everyone, all the fans. Memphis, Memphis hasn't had hasn't had a good team in a long time, and they finally do. And you just want to take him out? Like, yeah, what does that say? Fans were super excited this year to watch him play and to see what he could turn into, and if he could be the end up being the number one draft pick in the NBA draft. And obviously, we wanted to see Memphis in the NC in the March Madness tournament in March. But I mean. I don't know if we're going to get to see that now, which is a huge disappointment. It's really a loss for the NCAA themselves. So, I mean, they think they're doing the right thing, but I don't think I don't think they what understand What are they trying to accomplish the consequences. Here? Are they trying to show we have the rules, that we're the bosses? It, it, it makes no sense, though. It's not like he was paid $50 billion to go to Memphis. And how can you deem Penny Hardaway a booster? He's the coach of the team. Oh, that, and he wasn't the coach at the time when, that, he, when he did that, when he, he, when he gave them money. This is not, nothing to do with Memphis basketball. This was in early. This was right before he got the job. It had nothing to do with him coaching. So I, I don't understand this whole stance they're trying to take. It's just crazy to me. Do you think uh, he's going to be able to play any more games in Memphis the rest of the season? I don't think he's going to be. At, the NCAA is extremely stubborn. There's no chance it's going to happen. Because it, it was a really crazy turn of events um, yeah, yesterday. The judge yesterday ruled that he was able to play. And I saw this thing today that on ESPN. That, Memphis, that the NCAA could deem Memphis ineligible for the NCAA tournament this year because they had an ineligible player playing, even though a judge ruled that he was able to play. I think that that's just creating more problems than they need right now. But knowing knowing the way the system is set up, people are going to keep going back. And if they're really unhappy, you got to do something about it. Yeah, it's it's really a shame that we might not get to see one of the top prospects play this was, year at all. This was supposed to be an amazing year of college basketball. Like we, it was so balanced. So many, not every player was going to Duke, or Kansas, or Kentucky. Memphis had their players back. Every every team, Villanova, Trishy, not a five star school, was getting great players. And I just think it's just a more of a shame that why are we? Why are the fans? Why does James Wiseman have to be punished? Why does everybody have to be punished over this? Like, what well, you accomplished nothing, in my opinion, but. The NCAA is the NCAA, and I don't see them changing anytime soon. Yep, I think I think that about um, says it all regarding James Wiseman. Hopefully he can play. Let's talk about uh, now James Wiseman's NBA comparison, Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers have been rolling this year since losing to the Clippers in the first game. Six, six straight wins. They're 7-1. and one. Um, They don't show any signs of slowing down. Anthony Davis is averaging more points on 40% field goal shooting. And the Lakers are just fitting so well. LeBron and Danny Green, my opinion, has to be one of the most underrated fits in the NBA. Jack, what do you think about that one? Yeah, LeBron and Anthony Davis, they've really been thriving this year. And I think it all comes back down to Frank Vogel and how he's changed the culture of this team. It's no secret that you and you and I um, had our doubts about Frank Vogel heading into the season. We didn't think he would be able to control the locker room, just handle the L.A. as a whole. But, I mean, he's really surprised me, and I'm sure he's surprised, surprised you, too. Let me just throw out some stats for you right now. Opponents have scored only 97.9 points per game per 100 100 possessions against the Los Angeles Lakers, nearly 10 points lower than the league average. In fact, according to the website Cleaning the Glass, the Lakers boast the league's best half-court defense, forced the third most turnovers, 
and induce the third worst field goal percentage. This is not just a random thing that happened overnight. No, Frank Vogel came into the Lakers team and implemented a defensive strategy that would make them one of the best defenses in the league because he knew that outside of LeBron and AD, you know, they don't have the best supporting cast with Kuzma hurt at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year. Rondo has been out. So they knew that they were going to have to get they were going to have to play hard defense for them to win games and that's been that's been working. That's been winning them games too. Yeah, that's a really good point you bring up. We forget last year, LeBron had an awful defensive year, but he has been one of the best defensive players in the league every single year. And I think he finally wanted to show that last year was just a fluke. It was a tough year. Him bringing Anthony Davis, another defensive anchor, and then Frank Vogel, his defensive coach, has he's just shown everybody that last year was just last year, and this is a new team. And I really just like the way the Lakers are playing right now. Everyone looks like they're having fun. I feel like the addition of Dwight Howard has to be one of the best additions uh, in the or not the best most underrated uh, offseason signing. He's been playing outstanding this year, and he's accepted his role, which I really think he couldn't do for a while, and now he has. And it looks like the Lakers and everybody else is having fun playing basketball again. I think that was one thing that they were missing in probably the greatest franchise of all time. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm really happy that the Lakers are doing well. I think it's great for the NBA when historic teams do well. Yeah, this was also the the Lakers' great defensive effort was also shown on Tuesday night when they were down by 19 points against the Chicago Bulls, who were not a very good team. They were down by 19 points to them in the third quarter. But the Lakers came back, stuck to their principles, showed their strength as a team as a whole. And even if they lost that game, it wouldn't have been a huge deal. It just it's earlier in the season. It's early in the season. These wins, these wins and losses don't mean that much. But that they were able to come back as a group and beat the Bulls in that game, it really shows their strength and how what Frank Vogel has done for this team. Yeah, that's a really good idea. that they The Lakers have this mental toughness this year that they didn't have last year. And the other thing is we forget about, Kyle Kuzma's been injured and he's been back for three games, but he hasn't been playing well at all. And I think this team's only going to get scarier and scarier when Kyle Kuzma's starting, starting to be able to play more and more. He's just getting back from an injury right now, adjusting to play. But he, everyone forgets he's a dynamic scorer, he's an improved jump shot, and he's an improved defender. So I think that the Lakers just need, the Lakers just need the full team back, and we're going to be able to see he was the king of L.A. Yeah, besides that first game against the Clippers where that could have been just that could have been a fluke, could have been jitters. First time LeBron and AD playing together, who knows what was going on there. But ever since then they they're seven and They've LeBron has really been balling out. He had three straight games with a triple double. Anthony Davis has looked great in the post. He's looked great on defense, pretty great everywhere. As you said, Danny Green's been lights out from three. I think the sky's the limit for this Lakers team. And as we both predicted earlier in the season, I think they're. It looks like they're going to be the one seed if they keep the same pace they have right now. Exactly right. I don't know about championship quite yet. I still would put the Clippers ahead of them, but right now the Lakers are look like they're proving me wrong. Yeah, so moving on from that, another pleasant surprise that has been occurring throughout the NBA this past week and throughout the first few weeks of the NBA season is are the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker has really just looked like a whole new player. He's stepped it up to a whole new level, and this Suns team just looks completely different. CP, do you have any thoughts on the Suns? The Phoenix Suns, to me, are just a blueprint of why rebuilding franchise can get back they have one of the worst owners in the league and robert sarver one of the worst management in the league forever they have a ton of young guys and they look to get a young star but 
the real thing was they needed the culture and the coach. Monty Williams for the Philadelphia 76ers now has implemented a whole new system where it's not just give Devin Booker the ball and get out of the way. He has shown that this is a team basketball. And maybe the reason the Suns weren't winning for so long with all that young talent is because they didn't have a system in play. They now have a system where Devin Booker can score his points. They have defenders now. Aaron Baines looks like an MIP candidate right now at over 30 years old, which is just another testament to the motivation, I think, that the Suns have right now. And even though they lost DeAndre Ayton, they've beaten some top teams in the NBA. So I think that's just a... I think it's just a testament to, to the new culture that Monty has brought in. And um, I, I really think that once DeAndre Ian comes back, if everything goes right, we could see the Suns being an 8C in the West. They look that dominant right now. And I can't believe we're saying the Suns are dominant, but it's just the truth now. that They are, they are trying to show that all these young guys are going to show off. Yeah, as you said, the Suns have not had any stability whatsoever these past five years. Devin Booker has been in the league for five years, and he's had five coaches. Just think about that for a sec. Five years, five coaches. That's crazy. Started with Jeff Hornacek, then Earl Watson, then Jay Triano, then Igor, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, and finally Monty Williams this year. And Devin Booker had has quoted a few days ago that you can feel the vibe here. It's different with Mon- regarding Monty Williams. This is the first time the Suns have all bought in to the system that they all trust their coach, and everyone is just playing together as a whole and you can see that Devin Booker is averaging the most points of his career right now 26 points 26 points per game and you would think as you said with DeAndre DeAndre Aiden going out suspended for 25 games that this would be a huge mental blockade for the Suns but no they rebound they rebounded perfectly fine after that after that halt they went two and one this past week they beat the Grizzlies and the Sixers and so I mean I think really the Suns yeah they could be a fringe playoff team if they keep this up I'm sure they they'll they'll go down a little bit but I think I can think they could definitely keep this up yeah I I I agree with that that if they can keep us up they will be a playoff team but I one the one thing with the Suns though is if they wouldn't have to wait till like December January to really see what type of team they are because that's usually where the true colors come out after enough season has been in and they start playing really good teams and teams start catching up to them. But if this if they can get over that hump, we like to say, then I think the sky is really the limit for the Phoenix Suns, which is crazy to say. Not this year, not this year, not championship contenders, but. They, they could provide themselves as a free agent destination with young players such as Devin Booker, attracting other big young players. And um, I think the Suns are really a team to look forward to. Yeah, finally it's been a step in the right direction instead of a, like it, five wrong steps. As, as a Knicks fan, though, it still drives me crazy that even the Suns can figure it out, the New York Knicks can't. So yep, It's definitely possible to rebuild. It takes time, but if you do it the right way, you'll eventually figure it out. Moving on from that, I think we both want to touch on like a few disappointments this past week in the NBA, and one of them, one of the teams that I've been really disappointed about, that I was really high on going into the season, are the Portland Trailblazers. I thought the loss of Mo Harkless and Alfred Camino, I thought those were significant losses, but I thought the, the bench that they formed throughout this offseason was going to be just fine, and I thought they would have plenty of depth, and that I did say that they were going to be one of the top seeds in the West this year. I thought Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, new starting center Hassan Whiteside, Ken Bazemore, they would all provide a good core around Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, but that has just not been the case this year at all. I mean, I mean, the one yeah. constant factor, though, is Damian Lillard has been balling out. He scored 60 points yesterday against the Brooklyn Nets. He's been averaging 30 points for the year on 50% shooting. So 
Damon Lillard keeps playing well, but for some reason, the Portland Chaser is just off to an awful start. Yeah, last, I don't na- know last night against the Nets, the second most points a player scored was a Fernie Simmons with 15 points. A Fernie Simmons, should not, be sco- a Fernie Simmons sorry, should not be scoring 15 points. He's a second-year player out of IMG Academy. He didn't even go to college. He needs time to adjust the NBA. You need all your other players to step it up. Is it just a, a fluke right now, just like a mid- or early-season struggle like the Rockets went through last year? Or is this really who the Trailblazers are? But I, that, that, if this is who the Trailblazers are, then, then there needs to be some serious change because they just upset the Thunder last year and made it to the Western Conference Finals, even though they got swept by the—or not swept, um, beat, lost to the Warriors. This cannot happen. Damon Lerner and T.J. McCollum have proven to be too good together right now, and I don't know I don't know what it is, but they are just been an awful team right from the NBA. They're way below expectations. I think that's a bit too dramatic. I don't think any changes really need to be made. Terry Terry Scotts has been a very fine coach throughout his tenure, but I mean, and it's not really with a Fernie Simmons either. It's fine that he's scoring 15 points, but where is C.J. McCollum? He cannot be scoring. Eight That's points. what I was trying to say. I was just saying, Anthony Simmons, Anthony Simmons should not be scoring. Yeah, CJ McCollum needs to show up. He cannot be averaging only 19 points per game this season on 30 on 30 percent shooting from three. He needs to step it up and hope Damian Lillard. I mean, we all thought. I thought Zach Collins. They they had Zach Collins, a great backup center. He's out for four months. Tore tore labrum. Kent Bazemore was supposed to be a serviceable player off the bench. He's averaging seven points per game. Pretty much non-factor. I mean, where is Rodney Hood? Where has he been? It seems like he's disappeared too. Hassan Whiteside is more of the same. He hasn't taken the step up. He's just more of the same Hassan Whiteside. I mean, if no one's going to step up on this Trailblazers team, I mean, it could be a really tough season. But they do have the, as we've seen, they do have the talent to compete in the West. It's just a matter of that supporting cast stepping up. Yeah, maybe I was too harsh on them. i just like a huge Damian Lillard fan, and I feel that He's never had the full support of a team around him, and I find it uh, I find it crazy to me that they're just that they've taken a step back even um, the beginning of the season last year. To be honest, I thought they would have been playing better than this, but they have. Yeah, this the the Portland Trailblazers' early struggles just reinforces the idea to me that they need to pull off a trade at the February trade deadline, and for a guy like Kevin Love, who's been mentioned throughout, he's he's been connected to the Trailblazers for the past few months now. And I think that would really make sense if they oh, were. That would be a perfect trade. If Kevin they, Love. yeah, if they traded Hassan Whiteside for Kevin Kevin Love, because Kevin Love would provide that perimeter threat, and he would also be able to protect the rim like Hassan Whiteside. He's like he can do both. So I think that that'd be a great move. The Kevin Love fit would be outstanding because he can shoot also, and he's he is one of known for the best outlet passes in the NBA, and that could just pick up the pace of the Trailblazers' offense, one of the most high-powered offenses in the league, and um, it would just be an awesome fit. But though the salary cap would be an issue. But I think that if the Trailblazers can pull some strings together and go all in for this year, the, the West is, it's not, I wouldn't say it's wide open, but it's definitely competitive. It's not like the Warriors are that much more dominant than everybody else. Yeah, if the Trailblazers want to remain competitive, and they need Dame to. Has been pro- Dame is lights out in the playoffs. His game steps up, so sky's the limit. Yeah, um, Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers, they need to, they need to, I think they need to take a risk. They, they haven't won the championship and. They've, in many, many years, they've been close multiple times. So I think this Kevin Love trade is kind of like a last resort. Pull it all in there, and let's see what happens. All right, now I want to move in now to our games of the week. So our picks last week, we highlighted three games to, that uh, me and Jack picked. were the Heat and the Rockets, the Clippers and the Bucks, and the 76ers and the Nuggets. It was a rough week for both of us. Um, as in the Rockets' Heat game, I got that right. I picked the Heat. 
Jack, you picked the... Um, I picked the Rockets, and they ended up getting absolutely destroyed by the Heat. I did say, though, in my prediction, anything with the Rockets is a 50-50 coin toss, because you never know which James, Hard- James no, Harden you're, you're exactly going to get. Right. You never know if you're going to get 59 points, James Harden, or uh, one for one for 12, three-point shooting, James Harden. And clearly, I was on the wrong side of the coin. Yes, another, me and Jack both picked the Clippers to win, and we both said that if Kawhi didn't play, we are going to pick the Bucks. but it's such a what-if there. And for the 76ers Nuggets, they, they lost by three. Nikola Jokic had an amazing game. But I just want to think, I think the Sixers need Ben Simmons back because he really just is the floor general. And I think the score, if you look at the scoring, was down for everybody on the Sixers. And that was, my opinion, is because they don't have the distributor that they normally have. And I think that, I think that if they had Ben Simmons, they easily would have won that game. Yeah, the Nuggets ended up pulling out the win by three points after Nikola Jokic's Jokic, um, tough Tough mid-range jumper to win the game, and um, yeah, moving on from that, we would let, for this upcoming week we want to highlight three games that we think are going to be the best games of these of this week, and we're going to tell you our picks. So, CP, what are your picks? Um, first game, Clippers Rockets. I'm going the Clippers on this one. Kawhi Leonard will be playing. It's not a back-to-back. It's not the start of a back-to-back, and the Rockets are still an inefficient team. James Harden, like Jack said, is such a 50-50 coin toss. Russell Westbrook really hasn't been doing anything great this year, so I don't. I just don't see how the Rockets can overcome this massive Clippers bench. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Clippers again because I don't. I'm not really trusting the Rockets again with on this one. James Harden. I mean it. It's going to be a tough matchup against Kawhi Leonard, obviously. And after last week's Rockets dud, I'm just going to go with the safe pick and with the Clippers. Uh, next game, the Brooklyn Nets and the Denver Nuggets. I have to go with the Denver Nuggets on this one. Nikola Jokic is awesome. Everyone on the team has been playing well. They're third in the West, or second in the West uh, behind the Lakers, and they show no signs of slowing down. The Brooklyn Nets have been playing a lot better lately. Kyrie Irving. Still, he's continuing on his tear. They finally gave the support from players such as Spencer Dinwiddie, who had an awesome game last night against the Trailblazers. But I think this Nuggets team is just a little bit better all around, and I think that's going to carry them to this regular season win. I'm going to go with the Nets on this one. The Nets, they've really been doing well lately. They've finally won back-to-back games, beating the Pelicans and, as you said, the Trailblazers. And I think that momentum over this um, West Coast road trip is just going to carry them into this win against the Nuggets. I think it's going to be a really tight game, but I think Kyrie's heroics are going to be able to pull them out with a dub. All right, next game, or last one, Lakers-Raptors. I'm going to go with the Lakers. I don't see how Pascal Siakam is going to be able to anchor down Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And the Lakers have been playing too well recently. Um, and all the momentum is on their side. Well, the Rockets, or the Raptors have been playing well. I just don't see the Lakers slowing down unless some for some reason LeBron doesn't play. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Lakers on this one. It's worth noting that um, the Raptors will be without Kyle, Kyle Lauer for the next few games. Oh, yes. Big news. The NBA is out for two weeks. I don't think that would make a difference, though, if he played against the Lakers. I think the Lakers would still win. I think they're going to win by a sizable margin. Against the Raptors, even though the Raptors have been playing very well this year, I'm just going to go with the Lakers. They've really been rolling. Seven straight wins. Let's, get, let's make it eight. Yeah, so that concludes our picks for the week. Um, on our Instagram, we're going to do, for, ne- for next week, we're going to do Ask a Question, and we'll answer all the questions that you guys have concerning the NBA. So be on the lookout for that. Jared, do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, we're also going to post those three games. Um, question: We're going to post who, do, who you guys think you're, you're going to win. You guys can vote. And we'll we'll re- we'll read the results next week, and we'll say if we were right and we were wrong. But that's pretty much it for today. So CP was a good one. Yeah. See you next week on the CP for CP four three podcast. Signing off.